You know the kind of guy who does nothing but bad things and then wonders why his life sucks? Well, that was me. Every time something good happened to me, something bad was always waiting around the corner. Karma. That's when I realized I had to change. So I made a list of everything bad I've ever done, and one by one I'm gonna make up for all my mistakes. I'm just trying to be a better person. My name is Earl. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined, first-time guest on the show, say hello to Mrs. Julie Drake. Hello, Julie. Well, hello, everyone and Scott. Julie is a, a fellow stand-up comedian like myself. We, we basically met years ago at the Looney Bin in OKC, but most of our relationship has been on Facebook, where she has constantly made fun of me for the past... <laughs> Three, four years. <laughs> well, you know, girls, you know, that's what we do. We're mean, right? Mean girls. Yes. Mean girls. Yeah. So we're talking, this is a, this is an odd podcast. It has to do with Burt Reynolds, but it also has to do with the late, well, I guess Bert, the late, great Burt Reynolds and the late, great Norm MacDonald. We are looking at two episodes of My Name is Earl one called Jump for Joy, and the other one called Two Balls, Two Strikes, both from the second season. Now, a couple of questions for you. Did you ever watch My Name is Earl? I did. But at the time I watched it, I didn't have DVR. And, my, you know, I had kids. And so I would get to watch it, but not, but kind of half-ass. Because, like, you know, someone would come in the room and bug me, and I didn't have, like, DVR to rewind it. But I thought I always thought it was really funny. But sometimes I would miss, like, five, ten minutes, and I'm like, what happened? Or, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. But, I mean, from what I did see, it was funny. Yeah, it's even funnier than I remember it. I watched it today when I was eating lunch, and I'm like, this is even better than I remember it. Now that I get to actually sit down and concentrate on it. This yeah. is actually the first two episodes of My Name. I didn't watch it when it came out. These are the, I've, This is the first time I've seen it right here, these two episodes. And I'll probably go back and watch more because I did enjoy both of them very, very much. Yeah, me too. And I was like, I needed to watch some more of this. I don't remember it being this funny. I mean, it was really good. Especially, two. was it Two Sticks? Two Balls, Two Strikes. Two Balls, Two Strikes. Yeah, that was that one was really, really good. You know, Norm, Norm was in it, and I'm a big Norm fan, so. That had a lot to do with Norm in that yeah. episode. Yeah, so good. He's so good in everything he does. So the gist of the show, I'm going to see, so I'm going to try to, the gist of the show I got it for watching these two episodes is that Joy is the ex-wife of Earl, but is now married to Darnell. Mm-hmm. And... And Earl had some sort of epiphany. And Earl, uh, they were all basically trailer trash scumbags. And something happened to Earl. And he had an epiphany where he wanted to make things right. So he would have the list he keeps referring to. Yeah. And I think the list is just good deeds he would have to do to mark off to make himself feel better about himself. Yeah, things he had, people he had wronged. And so he'd have to go back and make amends with those people, kind of like an alcoholic. You know, when you're an AA, not like you've ever been there, but I've heard when people go to AA, they have to make amends to all the people they've hurt. So it's kind of like that same concept. We have the, uh, Randy is the character 
I think Randy is Joey's cousin. He's the big dumb guy. Yeah, he's and, fun. Yeah, and then we have Catalina, and I have no idea what connection Catalina has to anybody in the group. She's a stripper. Yeah, she's we're gonna get to stripper. that. First episode of Dump for Joy. We start. It starts off where Joy she got arrested for stealing a semi truck and then trying to beat the driver because the driver was asleep in the back. So when she stole the truck, so it was stealing and kidnapping. And then she tried to beat the driver with a tire iron or something like that. Yes. So she's in jail and Earl on his mission to do good has to bail her out. And they set the bail at $1 million, which means his portion to the bail bond is a hundred thousand dollars. And he doesn't, he doesn't have that. So he ends up going to, chubby played by burt reynolds now are you a burt reynolds fan or what do you what do you know about burt reynolds i love i love burt reynolds and actually um one of my favorite i like random facts and one of my favorite random facts is when burt reynolds was in deliverance he insisted they wanted to do a dummy like when he jumps off or falls off the waterfall they want it did you do you know this story i do but you continue yes okay so i'll tell it for everyone that doesn't know they, the director wanted to use a, a stunt dummy, but Burt Reynolds insisted on doing the stunt himself, and he ended up in the hospital. And when he woke up, the first thing he said is, how was the shot? How does it look? And the director said, like a dummy going off a waterfall. <laughs> so funny. He broke his he broke his cock, coccyx, I believe, the tailbone. Okay. I can't remember yeah. what he broke. I just remember that he woke up in the hospital with pretty severe injuries from that fall, and that was what the director told him. So funny. What I love about Burt Reynolds is he 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 likes to take the piss out of himself. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And if you can make fun of yourself, that always puts you up a few pegs in my book. Mm-hmm. I love people who don't take themselves too seriously and make fun of themselves. He never well, I mean, he got into the stardom with all of that, but he he always he's one of the most likable actors you'll ever see on screen. In anything that he does, even when he's a bad guy. Burt Reynolds plays Chubby, the owner of a strip club and a barbecue place and a car wash. And apparently Chubby owns just about everything in this little town where they're in. Yes. And they go to Chubby and and Burt Reynolds plays a, a, a psychopath. Chubby is a psychopath in this in this episode. And they go to him to ask for the bail for joy. OK, well, a little bit backtrack. The one thing that bothered me about this, and I don't know how you feel about this, is I, I have trouble with characters that expect everything. Like Joy, it's like she just expects everything, everybody to do what she wants, everybody to do what she says. And just characters like that just really, really bother me. I don't know how I don't know how you feel about all these characters really taking advantage of Earl. I'm guessing throughout the entire series, but especially in these in this episode. Yeah, but I feel like maybe he ha- feels like he has to do whatever people want him to do so he can make amends for being the bad person that he used to be. And I, that's why he fainted at the end. Yeah, we'll get to that. And that yeah. was an odd scene. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> Burt Reynolds as Chubby. Our first introduction to Chubby is he walks past a dancer puts his head in her breasts, and just smells. 
I wasn't looking forward to asking Chubby for the money. See, if he was poor, we'd call him crazy. But since he was rich, we just called him sir. So as you can see, uh, Joy's really in a bind here, sir. Smell it. Come on, smell it. Nice. Vanilla. Yeah. Not you. But I love vanilla. It's my third favorite flavor. Smells like a cupcake with boobies. Open up. This is a real classy joint. And I don't want to ever hear boobies around here. Got that? And then goes vanilla. <laughs> but yeah, and Earl's like, and Earl doesn't really want to get in there. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh yeah, vanilla. And then Randy wants to smell. But Burt Reynolds is like, not you. <laughs> but but Randy goes, vanilla is my favorite. So Burt grabs Randy's face. I'm just imagining this actress. You're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a primetime television show. Yes, you're gonna be in a scene with Burt Reynolds. Yes. You're not going to have a single line. Okay. And you're going to have three actors just basically bury their head in your chest. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just, How would you even cast for that? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are the requirements for that? I wonder. I would, Yeah. I would actually be curious on how they would. It's a casting call. We need a woman, woman with big breast. To stand and see, no acting ability needed. It's like, would that be? Because that's basically what it was. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't even get her face in the scene. It's like from her, from her bottom lip up, and maybe that was her. It's like, okay, I'll do it, but I don't want my face. But I'm like, if you're gonna, I wouldn't call it degrading. It was done for humorous reasons, but it's like, if you're gonna do that scene, at least let my face be on screen. So. Uh, so I can say, yes, that was me in this episode of They Call Me Earl. <laughs> well, I will say I've done some like commercial, like I've done commercials before. And the casting call, the first time I did one was very specific. Had to be a woman between a certain age, certain body type, um, blah, blah, blah. My wardrobe had to be just so. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be in this commercial. Like I'm going to be prominent. And I see the commercial and I'm, I'm a blur in the background <laughs> and I will never understand why the casting call was so very specific when I was literally just like this blur in the background. I'm like, they could have had anyone back there. Like, why did they need someone between this age, this size with this outfit when you can't even see me? Like you could kind of like see my outline. Like I'm like, Oh, that's me. But, it, it was weird. I don't know. It's weird. I 
it on. You're a, saying they could have put a mannequin in the back and nobody would have known the difference. They could have, yeah. But I don't understand why they were so oddly specific about who they wanted to be in the background that no one would ever be able to see in the first place. It was bizarre. <laughs> but I, yeah, I got deflated my very first commercial because I was like, I'm going to be in a commercial. And then it came out and I was like, oh, well. I got deflated my very first acting job. It was a, uh, It was an industrial film. Mm-hmm. And we did the shot. And then like the next day I get a call from my agent and they go, apparently you can't act because they were very, they didn't like what you did. So my agent just said, uh, you can't act. And wow. I basically didn't get another industrial or commercial after that. That's showbiz, Scott. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, so anyway, so Randy wants to sniff her boobs. Burt Reynolds grabs his cheeks and he goes, oh, it smells like booby cupcakes or cupcake boobies. One of the. And then Burt Reynolds takes out a gun, puts it in his mouth and says, this is a classy joint. We don't say boobs. And he pulls the trigger and it's vodka. So Burt Reynolds is carrying around a water pistol full of vodka and he shoots it into his mouth. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so then they all sit down and Earl's like, what can I do to, you know, basically he's like, how can I get you to bail out Joy? And honestly, at this point, I'm thinking, why is he, I, I mean, I know why he's doing this, but she actually has a husband at this time who's not really doing anything because she remarried and they're all friends. Just a re- I'm going to have to go back and watch because it's just a really weird dynamic. Burt Reynolds says, if you get my best dancer back, I'll bail out Joy. And the best dancer happens to be Catalina, who was their friend, who is now working as a maid at a hotel. So they go to her, and just to put it in reference, Catalina and Joy hate each other. So they would never consciously do favors for each other. And I don't know why that happened. I don't know if you don't have any background on why Catalina and Joy hate each other. I, I don't. I have, This is the first time I've watched this TV show in probably 10 years. So Earl is going to do a little underhanded. He's going to get her to dance again, but not tell her why. And the, the reason she quit was that she, well, she's not a dancer. She's a jumper. Jump for joy. Jump for joy. And they play the uh, House of Pain song, Jump Around. Not the dirty bits, but just the, the just the chorus. And it's just basically her in on stage in a bikini in high heel shoes, just jumping. And I think that I think that's a joke on how just primitive and animalistic and stupid men can be sometimes. Where all these where some of these women do these elaborate dances on the pole, and all men want to do is just see a woman in a bikini jump around. They just want to see boobs jiggle. Well, she gives a guy in the front row, she gives a heart attack to because she jumped so hard. And she's at the funeral, so she vows never to jump again. That's why she's a maid now and not a not a stripper or a jumper. Earl comes to her and says, maybe if you go to, you know, the people's family, they'll forgive you and you can jump again. So they go to this sweatshop. It's just amazing. She comes in and she's like, I'm the guy who killed the, the, you know, the owner now. I killed his father. And they're all in awe of her because apparently this guy was so horrible. 
He made him work in a sweatshop, long hours, little pay. And they were were relieved that he, what she called him El Diablo. And I just thought that, I don't know, what did you, th- I just thought that, what did you think of that scene where they were just. They were like, the sun got us a fan. Now it's 88 degrees. <laughs> and they were just like so happy. And then was his name Randy broke Randy. the fan? Randy broke the fan. I was like, oh no. Oh my God. He's like this idiot here. But I don't even know if that scene, like if. I think if that show came out today with that scene, I think it would like be on Twitter right now trending because people would want to get it canceled. I really do. I was like, oh, if this came out in today's world, I mean, it it would be, I mean, it it would just be one of those things. I don't think this would be a network show if it came out now. I think it might be like a streaming show where they could go a little, a little darker Mm -hmm. and, and not have to obey the, you know, the FCC rules of, of being on a major television network. Yeah. I think this would have been a great, like a great rated R streaming show. If, if they yeah. could, because it's, it's fun. Like you said, the writing is great in this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny as it is. But I still think they could have gone a little further. But they, you know, but they had to operate within the bounds that they were, that they were forced into. Yeah, I mean, they could still bring it back, maybe. <laughs> And put it on streaming. I mean, they redo shows all the time. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, and then what did she say? What did she say? Uh, No, Joy, when Catalina was visiting her in jail. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. She said made in America. And then she said, and I, as soon uh, as I heard that, I was like, America, not a maid in America. Yes. I was like, oh, if this came out today, <laughs> everyone on this show would be looking for work tomorrow. <laughs> Catalina, she agrees to go back to work for Chubby. So Chubby will bail Joy out of jail. Catalina is about to, she's about to do her show. And then Joy's current husband spills the beans because Earl kept us on the DL that he didn't let Catalina know that by her dancing, it would get joy out of jail. Catalina finds out. And so she won't, as she put it, I will not jump for joy, <laughs> <laughs> which is corny, but it works in this show just the way she says it. And just so Earl, and all through this, Earl is getting an eye twitch because all the stress of this is getting to him. But he doesn't think it's stress. He's like, stress is for doctors and lawyers. I'm just a regular guy just trying to help my friends. Because I can identify that. I don't know. Do you have a friend, or maybe not a friend, but an associate that just maybe takes advantage of your kindness? Because that's exactly what all these people are doing. They're taking advantage of Earl's kindness and change of heart right now. And I have known a couple of people of that in my life. I don't know if you've run into those people. And I don't know how you've handled that. Um, when I was younger, I would let those people run all over me. But now that I'm older and wiser, once I figure it out, which is a lot quicker, I stop it. I don't allow it because I mean, people can only take advantage of you if you let them. Yeah. But in my younger days, I definitely was a people pleaser. A lot of people took my kindness for weakness. And after a while, you kind of figure it out and you're like, okay, well, I need to stop being so nice. To those people, not in general, just to those people. Well, I mean, people will take advantage of you if you let them. And so when you're overly nice, I mean, it's just human nature. I mean, if someone is giving out $100 bills on a corner, everyone's going to 
be their friend and take advantage of it. And then when he's out, you know, they're not going to want anything to do with them. I actually, there was a, there was a bar we used to do an open mic at. It was a bar slash restaurant and the guy that owned it knew the brother of one of the thunder players. And he sent the message to that guy to have the basketball players come to his bar after the, after the games and he would provide them liquor well, all these basketball players who are all multimillionaires would come in and drink, I don't know, six, $7,000 worth of liquor. <laughs> wouldn't pay him, wouldn't tip him, nothing. But he just, you know, kind of, I guess, wanted the wanted to say, hey, you know, players are here after the game. But anyways, that didn't last long because he, he went out of business. Yeah, I mean, you can't give out $7,000 worth of free booze a couple times a week and think you're going to stay in business. But, you know, people, even though if all of these players had millions of dollars, could have easily paid him 10 times for it. They all took advantage, took the free liquor, and he asked the, I won't say who it was, but he asked the brother if his, he asked the basketball player of, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the guy that played for the Thunder, who 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 was friends with his brother, he asked him to come down and asked him for a loan, like, I don't know, $15,000. And the basketball player just, like, walked out. Even though that's probably, like, change in his car, in one of his cars, you know. It's nothing to him, but people, I mean, people, no matter how much they have or if they don't need to take advantage, they're going to. It's human nature. So he learned his lesson because he lost his business and... And I'm sure those players, I'm sure none of those players even knew his name. I don't think so. Probably, probably at the end of it. Yeah, didn't even know his name. I don't think so. I mean, who? why would they care? I mean, some they, they can see it that some guy's wanting to, you know, like rub elbows with, you know, celebrities and pro athletes. And they don't have to pay for liquor. They're not going to. And it's really just sad what happened because he had a great thing going. And it was a great mic. It was a great bar, great concept. and. He, he let people take advantage of him and he lost everything. So good reminder. <laughs> Listen up, people. Not only do we entertain on this podcast, but we also teach. TED Talk slash. Uh... So Earl goes to the jail and they're talking to Joy. Earl goes, just apologize to Catalina and she'll dance and you can get out. So they bring Catalina down. Nice jumpsuit. Ain't she sweet? Now Earl tells me that for some crazy reason you think we're not friends. The first time you saw me, you called me a whore. No, you just misunderstood what I said, which is understandable, I mean, because you're Mexican. I'm not Mexican. Whatever, you speak Mexican. I speak Spanish. Well, you both speak friendly, so let's just go with that. Look, I'm not stupid. I know you hate me, and I know why you hate me. It's because I'm hot. Excuse me. Yeah, but there goes the eye again. You're jealous of my hotness. Admit it, and I'll consider using my incredible body to free you from prison, but not the prison of your fat body. For that, you have a life sentence. I'm jealous. Sweetheart, I'm about 10 times hotter than you. You're a man compared to me. Really? Because the line on my stomach is from my muscles and not a C-section scar. That is not a C-section scar. That's from where my prom date stabbed me. I'd buzz my babies naturally. Then I'm sure your gatito is as saggy as your breasts. Do these look saggy to you? I could float half your village across a muddy river on these buckets. I've heard enough. This was a hell of an apology. Enjoy your jail time. And by the way, your eyeballs are too big for your head. You look like Finding Nemo. My eyeballs are big! 
Yeah, and now while this is going on, there's another inmate that taps, because Randy is there with them. Mm-hmm. And this other inmate gets Randy over there, and she's, my boyfriend didn't show up. I want to talk to you. <laughs> and he goes, what are you in for? I killed my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And then that winds up, he goes, you seem like a nice lady, but I don't want to put the phone receiver in my pants so you can talk to my junk. So I'm just going to say goodbye. (laughs) It was really funny. It was. This is a really subtly funny show. It has slapstick moments, but it's really subtly funny as well. It reminds me a lot of Arrested Development, the way it's written. I was exactly, yes, that's what I was thinking of too. The characters are the same yeah. too as well. The, the, the yeah. archetypes, yeah. Even, But yeah. it's like, they're rich and these guys are poor, but mm-hmm. it's the same It's the same concept. Yes, I, I thought of that as well. Well, Joy says, well, if she's not going to dance, tell Chubby I'll dance for him. Apparently Chubby wanted Joy to dance at his club, so he, agree- he agreed to post the bail if she dances. And she gets there and she's nervous and she starts drinking. So when she gets out on stage, she's drunk. And but I just want to say, so this episode is set in a strip club. Both of them are. They, I'm glad they got the rights to the music because we hear legitimate songs. We hear Centerfold. We hear Jump Around by House of Fame. We hear Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. I've always seen TV shows where they don't get the rights to the music. So when it goes into syndication... They you have to use this generic music in the background. So the fact that we are hearing the actual songs that were on the actual show, I enjoyed that. And she comes out the centerfold and immediately just yaks. She throws up on the on a guy in the front row. And they're all sitting around the table and they're trying to convince Catalina to dance. And this is when Earl, we talked about this earlier. Earl's eye twitch and he's, everything starts blurring because everybody's just talking to Earl. Earl, 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 Earl. And he he passes out, and then when he comes to, Catalina, is jumping on stage. How long was he out? I don't I don't think very long. Okay. Yeah. I love the fact that even though nobody picked him up off, these are the people he's trying to help. Not a single person picked him up off of a strip of a strip club floor. Do you know what a strip club floor probably? as in it i don't want to know yes (laughs) i can only imagine what's on a strip club floor and that just and i think that was just subtle and maybe i'm just reading more into it than it was but when he passes out when he comes to catalina is on the stage and he's in the same position nobody nobody helped him nobody got him uh, not even put him back in his chair nobody took him to the office to lie down it was like all these people who are yelling at his face, he passed out, and they just left him there. That's the kind of people they are. But, I mean, I think that is what kind of makes that show work, is that they're all kind of scumbags, and one of them is trying to do the right thing. So, I don't think that show would work if there was any more people trying to be good in it. So, yeah, it's funny. It's The whole thing is just funny. There's just like how, like, white trash they really are. <laughs> Especially Joy. She's like super white trash. Like, I know people like her. <laughs> we won't say names. She's the kind of person where people, it's like, if I if I could get away with it, I would be exactly like Joy. Yeah. Because, yeah. And she gets away with it because she's, you know, she's she's hot. She's a pretty hot mess. 
Earl goes backstage and talks to Catalina, and and Catalina actually has a nice. They have a nice moment right here. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think Catalina is all bad like the rest of them. No, she seems sweet. She does, and she's like, I saw you knocking yourself out for a friend, so I figured if you can do that for a friend, I can do that for a friend. So not, so she starts dancing so Joy can stay out of jail. She said, I will not jump for Joy, but I will jump for Earl. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It was cute. Yeah. And then we have a post credit scene. I, I don't, and I don't know why this. May I, Earl and Randy are in bed together. I don't know why that happened. I don't know if they live together, but they're in bed together. And Randy's like, I'm going to fill a gun full of vodka and shoot a cop in the mouth. And Earl goes, I wouldn't do that. And and Randy's like, I think it'll be funny. And then boom, that's how the episode ends. It, it's just a blackout on Earl telling Randy not to shoot cops with vodka. So that was Jump for Joy. I was a little disappointed that Burt Reynolds wasn't in it more because they made a big deal about Chubby. We see him in a couple of commercials and he's only in a couple of scenes briefly. The, the story really is about trying to get Joy out of jail. I would have liked to see more Burt Reynolds. Yeah, but the parts that he was in, this was a different character than him. And I know actors like that always like to play a different character. I thought he just went with it because he, like one line, he goes, in 10 minutes, I'm going to be in my office, uh, send in a steak and a girl and have them both covered in Hollandale sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, I, I do wish he was in the episode more, but. He was so funny for the you know couple of scenes he was in. I I really liked it. Now, fortunately, we have the next. So that was the second episode of the season. This next one, I believe, was the twelfth or thirteenth episode of the season, and it's mm-hmm. called Two Balls and Two Strikes. And it's a it's sort of a continuation of this episode. Chubby has died because he got his guns mixed up, and instead of the <laughs> vodka gun. He pointed a real gun in his mouth and blew his head off. Little dark, little dark, little dark. It was, it was a little, it was dark, but funny at the same, when you can pull off dark and funny at the same time, you really hit into something and they, and they really pulled that off. Mm-hmm. I, and I, and I love dark comedy. All the employees are at the funeral because it, they were demanded to go to the funeral and the funeral is held on their unpaid lunch break. <laughs> And then lo and behold, a limo pulls up and it's it's little chubby and it's Norm McDonald doing his Burt Reynolds impression. And oh, that this brought me so not it brought me so much joy, real joy, it not jumping. Made for me want to jump for joy. It made me want to <laughs> jump for joy just to see just to see Norm as uh, as Burt, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds one yeah. more time, because this was after he got fired right from SNL. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think this was after he got fired from SNL. And Norm tells a story one time. It was like he was a he he actually arranged it with Burt Reynolds. He was going to do the character on Celebrity Jeopardy. And then Burt Reynolds was actually going to come on. But he got fired before that happened. I'm like, oh, man, that would have been that would have been beautiful. But now little Chubby is back and he's running all the businesses. Well, before we get into that, when did you first? I, I know you said you love Norm Macdonald. When did you first discover Norm Macdonald? Um, it was definitely Saturday Night Live. And I didn't quite get his humor as a teenager. It's kind of sophisticated. I mean, he's not like 
like like I'm not downplaying Chris Farley, but Chris Farley is very slapstick, very physical comedy. You know, he jumps on tables, falls on tables. You know, he's doing this yelling thing. And to me, like like Tim Meadows and Norm Macdonald were just a little bit more sophisticated than that because I didn't appreciate them until later on. But then when Norm Macdonald started just railing on O.J. Simpson, <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I like this guy a lot. <laughs> and just the way, like, his real casual... Like, he's got, like, a real, just that casual laid back, you know, hey, yeah, kind of thing going on. And as a young teenager, I didn't instantly appreciate it. And then a couple of years into it, I was like, wait a second, I, I get it now, and I really like this guy. So it took me a while because I was more into the physical, like, you know, the Adam Sandlers, the Chris Farley's, the David Spades, the real, like, I don't want, you know, they were just more obvious. Right. I, um, I I enjoy both. Yeah, you're not putting one humor down over another. It's just yeah, you you appreciate both of them. Yeah, I mean, I kind of grew like Chris Farley to me will always be one of the funniest, but I kind of grew out of just the physical and the whole fat guy and falling on things. I mean, that was funny, but it kind of had a shelf life for me. Where I was like, okay, this, you know, I kind of I just grew out of it. And then, like I said, I started to appreciate even like. Um, and I was really late to being a fan of him. Phil Hartman was one that I did not like as a younger teenager at all. I didn't get it. And then I started rewatching and I was like, this guy is so brilliant. He's so brilliant. And I started watching, uh, was it news radio? Yes. Yeah. News radio. And I, I was like, he's so good. I mean, so good. And I just, I, I loved, I, I mean, I loved everything he did. I started like rewatching just so I could watch him because I, I didn't get it at first. But, you know, when you're, I don't know, 11, 10, 11, that humor is going to be kind of lost on you a little bit. Yeah. When you're 10 or 11, you're going to fall, you know, when Chris Farley falls through a table, that's going to make you laugh. But exactly. Yeah, when, you, yeah. when you get a bit older, I just remember there used to be on Comedy Central, there used to be a show called The A List. And it was just, they would get two A-list stand-ups. It was a half-hour show, and they would have two on each show, and each would do a 15-minute set. And that's where I first saw Norm. And he did, he did his wiener dog choke. He said, yeah, hey, what's a, you know, what's a wiener dog going to do? He's going to try to bite you in the neck. All he's going to do is give you a hickey. And, <laughs> and that's, a, that's a horrible Norm MacDonald, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so it's safe to say that we're both huge Norm Macdonald fans. And he shows up as little chubby and he's he's dressed like he is on Celebrity Jeopardy. He's got the red shirt on, he's got the bolo tie on, he's got the leather jacket, and we see a flashback of him earlier earlier because that's how flashbacks work, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Norm MacDonald was just as much as crazy and just as much as a jerk as Burt Reynolds. We see what he's done to people. He he lights, apparently this was in the 80s. Hopefully it was in the 80s. So he's he's lighting rat tails on fire. Oh, no, he's he cut off a rat tail and made Joy drink the rat tail, Randy's rat tail. Or and he was trying to cut her hair off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only reason she drank the rat tail water. 
And she wants Earl to get even with him, even with little Chubby. And little Chubby, everybody's terrified of little Chubby. Joy has a great line. <laughs> it's this of Earl won't defend her honor, and then she says, well, then maybe you should have married a whore, not a sophisticated woman like me. Yes. That was so funny, the way she said it. <laughs> it was that was funny. And was I great. think that's an insight to the character. These characters don't think they're rednecks. These characters don't think they are who they are. They think mm-hmm. that they're, they're better than, I don't want to say better than what they are, but I, I, they don't see themselves the way other people see themselves. See them. Wouldn't you love to? Know, wouldn't you like love to meet yourself to see what you would think of yourself? Oh, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'd avoid me. Yeah, I'd be like that girl's a bitch. <laughs> Hate her. So Earl dresses up as a clown. Oh, but I, oh, so but I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to mention this. You said you like little facts. They start playing a song on the jukebox. Norm MacDonald's like, I don't like that song. And he puts a helmet on a guy and he runs the guy into the jukebox and it blows up. That was an homage to a scene from a Burt Reynolds movie called Hooper, where he played a stuntman, where Burt Reynolds puts a helmet on and he runs straight forward into a jukebox. So they were playing homage to an old Burt Reynolds movie in that scene. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't I didn't know that. I'm glad I know that, though. That's Now and I'm going to have to watch that movie because I've never even heard of it. Hooper, 1978. Hooper. All right. And Earl kicks Little Chubby in the balls and runs away. And Little Chubby falls on the ground. And everybody starts cheering because Little Chubby got kicked in the balls. Little Chubby is back. Earl has his list. One of the, I guess his, one of the things is he has to apologize for past bad deeds. He apologizes to Little Chubby. Earl was expecting him to do something because he's only known him as a jerk, and Little Chubby is like, I forgive you. Everything's fine. And we find out that now Little Chubby is a different person. He's really kind. He's really considerate. And he invites everybody up to his mansion. Everybody's enjoying themselves. There was a flashback scene of little chubby, sort of a la uh, Forrest Gump, where Forrest Gump just ran and ran and ran. Little chubby just walked and walked and walked. And he ran into some Aborigines. (laughs) He's like, he's just like, hey, Aborigines, how's it going? And it was just so funny. It was just just a little thing. Just him like, hey, Aborigines, how's it going? (laughs) And just kept walking and... And so while they're on the, his compound, there's this, this little uh, Aborigine child just running around grabbing stuff. And it's just, it's never really addressed. He just brought an Aborigine kid home with him. So now he's there. <laughs> and then he's got a robe on, little chubby. He lays down and his robe opens and Earl and Randy see his balls. And apparently his balls are incredibly deformed. From where Earl kicked him in the junk. Mm -hmm. Incredibly deformed. And there's a scene where they're all sitting at the table. He brings out a mango and he goes, yeah, they're about this size. And then he takes a Sharpie and he colors it purple. And they're making up colors. I think think it was like orange and 
<laughs> you know, they're good and rink. So they're combining colors. What is it that Joy says at the end of that, though? That if they don't quit talking about it, she didn't want to eat a mango and she wants to eat that mango or right. something. Once again, just another like Earl feels bad, but nobody else feels bad about what's happened. And so Earl goes to apologize again. Find out that little Chubby has never been to a doctor. He's never had anybody look at his testicles after what happened. So they go to the doctor and we find out that why he's a nice guy now is that his his balls were so deformed that they weren't producing testosterone. So that's why he's that's why he's nice to everybody, that's why he has a low sex drive, all things associated with not having testosterone in your body. So they're going to operate on his balls. And Earl is there. And please, please, if you're listening to this, watch this episode because I'm describing it very, very poorly. It's very, very... Norm never breaks the Burt Reynolds persona. And he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm scared. And he's saying all these things, but he's saying it as Burt Reynolds. And he's saying it so calmly that it's just, it's so comical. As you said, it's it's really sophisticated writing with norm norm mcdonald's delivery it's just magic the way those two came together in the scene where he's getting his balls drained since i was the one who had broken little chubby i thought i should be there when he got fixed how you doing I'm not gonna lie to you earl i'm a little scared i miss my mom when i was a kid uh, i was afraid of the dark and she'd hold my hand hold my hand would you earl Sure. Hey, then she'd, she'd stroke my hair. There you go. Then she'd sing to me. Yeah, she was one hell of a woman, wasn't she? She was an angel, Earl. Absolute angel. You have no idea. But now she's dead. And this guy's going to take about a quart of liquid out of my sack. So, just sing to me, Earl. Remember, she, she loved Skinnerd. If I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? Which is which is odd to say. Yeah. And so he so Earl holds little chubby's hand starts stroking his hair and starts singing free bird by leonard skinnerd <laughs> and while all this is happening in the background you hear you hear the you hear the sucking sound of all the fluid being drained from his balls and it was just like and and being a man i was just like it, like it kind of affected me it's just like oh oh god I can't imagine that. So after the operation is a success, little chubby goes back to being little chubby. So he goes back to being mean. He starts, once again, he starts treating people bad. And once again, everybody turns to Earl and- Shoot some kids that were using his floats or something? Yes. So, (laughs) So they go back to his mansion and So Earl has one child with Joy and Daryl has one child with Joy. 
and Norm and little chubby Norm McDonald comes out with a pistol, and you think it might be the vodka pistol because mm-hmm. they set that up. And this might be something that might trigger. He goes, "Do I go to your house and take your crock pot or whatever you people cook with? Whatever you poor people cook with. <laughs> whatever you poor people cook with. Yeah. And it's just like I'm like, okay, yeah, that probably wouldn't fly today. <laughs> yeah." I don't think most of it would. It's ridiculous. It's no. Just humor. And he shoots this raft and it starts sinking. So then Darnell shows up with water wings on and he and he shoots the water wings off of Darnell's arms. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. The whole thing was just, I don't know. The whole thing was, the whole thing with him. And like you said, he never breaks character. It's like he never breaks a sweat. It's just so good. His voice never rises or it never falls. It's he speaks as Burt Reynolds, and I think that's what the humor of it is. No matter what the situation is, he's always the same. Whether he's being nice, whether he's being evil, whether he's giving presents, it's always the same. So then Earl talks to him, and it, it's got a couple of great lines. A little chubby? Hey, Earl. Okay, beat it, bro. That's mine. What's shake? Well, uh... Well, I'm, I'm just here because the gang asked me to come by and say hello, and... Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, it's funny, that's the three students. Ah, yeah, they're good. Uh, listen, uh, little chubby, I gotta be honest with you. You're kind of becoming a mean guy again. Mean guy? I don't understand. Oh. See that? Well, kind of like that. I mean, that's something your dad would have done. For God's sake, you got one of his guns in your pants, and nobody knows if it's loaded with vodka or bullets. It's bullets. Bullets. Sure. See? Wow. You're right, Earl. What's happening to me? I'm becoming a, becoming a jerk. I treat the girls bad. I take shots at kids. I'm going to have a drink. No one? Sure. Well, I got to say, this is the third time I've had to come into your club and have to tell you something really awkward, but hey, every time it turns out... <laughs> that wasn't the Stooges. That was the, that was the fall guy. He, Earl goes up to little Chubby, and then for no reason, little Chubby just pokes him in the eye, and he's like, <laughs> three stooges. And if you've watched Norm MacDonald do Burt Reynolds, he has this mannerism where he's always playing with the cuffs of his, of his shirt, and that's just a little thing that I just love. So while he's doing this, he pokes him in the eye, and he's playing with his shirt cuffs, and he's like, ah, three stooges. <laughs> and Earl is like, oh, yeah, that's real funny, real, real funny, and... Uh, and then Earl says, you're being a jerk again. And you think, acknowledge that, because you know what? I didn't know I was being a jerk. Let's have a drink together. And then he takes a beer bottle and smashes Earl over the head with it. And he goes, that's not the Three Stooges. That's from Fall Guy. And I'm like, they just dropped, they just dropped a Fall Guy reference. I, I love this show now. They just dropped a Fall Guy reference right in here. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up. He's tied to a batting cage outside of his home. You know, one of those automatic baseballs come and little Chubby's got him tied up to the fence. And the ball is going right between his legs. It's like like a half an inch below his below his sack. And this is just a great scene with Norm with Norm talking about um uh, it's called uh it's called payback, Earl. It may be a uh, uh, it may be a wonderful Mel Gibson movie, but it's also 
what Chubby intends to do is send, you know, this automatic ball. It's gonna hit him in the hit him in the sack and then ruin his balls the way he ruined Norm's balls. And while this is happening, Norm's playing with him. You know, he's bunting the balls away with a bat, elonging the torture. And then Earl starts singing. Um, what's the song? I just said the or the Freebird. Freebird starts yeah. singing Freebird again. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. Where so Earl is singing Freebird in regular time, and then but we see Norm McDonald, he's being filmed in slow motion, and he drops the bat, and then Earl freaks out. He's like, You gotta pick it up, pick up that bat. And Norm McDonald in slow motion steps in front of the of the ball machine and gets hit right in the sack. And I guess destroying his balls once again. And so he sacrificed himself. And it was just like, I was not, if you think about it, it's actually a really touching scene done in a very comical way. Well, yeah, he says that he he likes being liked more than anything. So that's why he wanted the, the ball to hit him in the balls and destroy it, which was really cute. Norm McDonald, little chubby, goes back to the way he was. He's a nice guy again. And everybody's back at his apartment, at his, not his apartment, he didn't have an apartment, at his mansion. It turns out that he'll be able to walk again in a year after being hit in the sack. And then Earl contemplates, like, what would I do for my friend? I cer- you know, what would I give up for my friend? And he says, yeah, it certainly wouldn't be my balls. And then that, they cut the black and that was it. Yeah. And I'm and I, I scroll. That is the only those are the only episodes with Burt. Re- of course, Burt Reynolds dying in the show. He wouldn't come back. But that was but Norm Macdonald does not come back as a little chubby. And that's so, so very disappointing because he was just wonderful in this episode. We complained about not enough Burt Reynolds in the first episode. We had lots of Norm Macdonald in this episode. Editor's note, Norm Macdonald did return to My Name is Earl. As Little Chubby in episode 27, season four. It would be the final episode of the series. There were even scenes of him by himself, which is very rare in a sitcom, where he's not with one of the main characters. There were a lot of scenes with him off by himself with the Aborigines and, you know, with them praying to his sack. I don't know. Your overall thought of what were one of your, your high points, your favorite moments of this episode? I mean, I really I liked it better than the Jump for Joy. I liked them both, but I like this one better than the Jump for Joy. Um, I just thought it was a little bit, like you said, a little bit more like dark humor a little bit. Um, it's just the whole idea of someone getting kicked in the balls. And so that just changes his whole outlook on life. It's just, it's so ridiculous. It's so funny. And then he decides he likes being a nice guy, so he goes and destroys his balls again a second time. I mean, it's just it's so stupid. It's really stupid, but it's so funny. And now, just seeing Norm in anything is is wonderful. I enjoyed this episode more. I, like, I enjoyed both of them as well, but I enjoyed mm-hmm. this episode much more than Jump for Joy. I wanted you to watch Jump for Joy, so you know we had references to what was going on. Between the sure. two episodes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it was a good episode. And I liked Burt Reynolds, but I guess because I have a so- soft spot for Norm, maybe that's why I liked it better. But I did think it was better written than Jump for Joy. And of course, more Norm MacDonald is, mm-hmm. is great. 
Yeah. So if you're a if you're a Burt Reynolds fan or a Norm Macdonald fan or a fan of dark humor, I would say definitely check out these two episodes. I can't vouch for the others because I haven't seen them, but I'm definitely going to go back and check them out. They're all they're, I do remember it being very funny, but just not being able to sit down and watch an entire episode without a child <laughs> coming in and I, saying they need I, something. <laughs> I looked it up. They won quite a few Emmys as well. So this oh, was they a did? yeah. Okay. Which I'm surprised because usually you know, usually dark off the rail shows like this probably did, you know, it was you know, and the winner is friends. Oh really? Friends won again? Okay. So Yeah. I was I was never a fan of Friends. I just thought it was stupid. But I I wasn't either. I was never a fan of Friends. I I never got that show. And you know, this is much more yeah, much more in line with with my sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Arrested Development, um, like Shit's Creek. Yeah. Um, things like that are the 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 sitcoms that I just love. And I, you know, I'll always go back and watch like Arrested. Like every time I go back, I know we're talking supposed to be talking about my name is Earl, but I think oh. this is a show like like Arrested Development that every time I go back and watch an episode, if I've even watched it like two or three times, I catch something new every single time. And because there's a lot of subtle stuff. Yes. In the first episode of Jump for Joy, Randy has this uh, walnut, and he's like. I'm going to ask the judge to smash this walnut with his judge hammer. And so at the, there's a scene where he walks up to the judge's bench and he shows them the nut and the judge just said, you know, he just nods like, okay, which means this has happened before the judge knows about this. And it was like very, very subtle, but it was just like, okay, this guy has been here before with different kind of nuts that he's wanting to smash with his gavel. It was very, very subtle and very, very funny. And and I love that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a great show. I'll, like I said, I'll probably check out some more episodes of it because I, I was like, I, I, yeah, I remember it was funny. But now that I get to sit down and actually watch it, I'm like, it's a lot funnier than I remember. So it's nice to not have kids interrupting you every five seconds when you're trying to watch something. <laughs> Uh, so I mentioned at the beginning, Julie is a fellow stand-up comedian as myself. So Julie, where can uh, where can we find you on social media? Where can people follow you if they want to do that? Um, on Facebook, it's just my name, Julie Drake. And on Instagram, it's Julie Comedy. And even though I am very bad at it right now, and I don't pay much attention to it. I am on TikTok at Julie Comedy and then the number one. I'm working on it. I just, I, get, I swear I'm going to pay more attention to it. Just like one of my kids, you know. Now, I don't know when this is coming out, but you said you were actually working with somebody from TikTok this weekend. Yes, I'm at Bricktown with Pinky Patel, who is a huge TikTok star. I think she's got like 6 million followers. Her videos are hilarious. And we'll be there Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do three shows. So very exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, and Bricktown is in Oklahoma City. Yes, uh huh. Yes, we have two clubs, uh, Looney Bin and Bricktown. So, yes, and we met at the Looney Bin Club. At uh, Looney Bin, that's my home club. It's the first place I ever did comedy, so it's very near and dear to my heart. Oh, the first place I did comedy is long, long gone. Oh, it's sad. It, it was, is it, sad. It, when Looney and, glad, you know, and I just want to say, I'm glad you're able to do comedy in your hometown. 
because I live in Houston and I couldn't get booked here to save my life. And people are like, when are you going to play in Houston? And I'm like, I have no idea. So uh, I'm very envious that you get you still have a home club and you still get to perform at your home club. Yeah, I'm really lucky because there's two clubs here and I get to work in both. And when I first started working Bricktown, they're both amazing clubs. They're both great clubs. They're just very different. I felt like I was cheating on Looney Bin. I felt like I was going to my mistress. <laughs> but both clubs are wonderful. They, they're they ran by very good people. Of course, you know, Larry and Terry, who are wonderful. Kevin and Renee, who run Bricktown, are wonderful. So I'm very, very lucky to have two clubs with two great owners and that are ran so well. I mean, not every one who's doing comedy can say that. I've heard the stories from, you know, all my friends across and I'm like, I'm very, very, I mean, we're so lucky to have two wonderful clubs and, and I'm just grateful I get to work them both. I mean, the ultimate goal is to always want, you always want to travel as much as possible. And that's just not possible for me to travel as much as I want right now. So I'll definitely take all the home gigs I can get. I love it. All right. So check Julie out on uh, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. I will put all of that information in the description of the show. Definitely check out My Name is Earl, these two episodes. And it only ran for four seasons. I was surprised it was such a short run. Yeah. It should have ran longer. But... It should have ran longer. There's a couple of interviews I saw on, um, on YouTube about uh, uh, Jason Lee, who plays Earl. He talks about... He wanted the show to go on, but some, but there was a lot of uh, turmoil behind the show. That's why it only lasted four seasons. Yeah, it only lasted 96 episodes, four seasons. I, the, the show was so well-written, I'm surprised it lasted. It, it should have lasted a lot longer. But check out these episodes. Check out My Name is Earl. Check out Julie on, on all her social outlets. And uh, we'll see everybody here next time. Oh, and thank you for doing the podcast. I, yeah, I, thanks I for having thank me. Thank you for having uh, me. It was a lot of I'll, fun. I'll definitely have you back. I've got a couple of podcasts out there. I want you back. I'll, I'll keep you in mind. I got I got you in mind for a couple of episodes, a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Okay. And uh, we'll see everybody here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. Right. Bye. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. Please, can we talk about this? You were happy being nice. You said you didn't want to die being hated and alone like your dad. Well, that was back when my sack was destroyed. Now, I'm all mad. (laughs) I saved you. Look, I, I know there's a good person in there. I, you're not just your dad's son, you're, you're your mom's son too. Look, your part her you are, but her part's being overwhelmed by your dad's freaky hormone part. Look, I understand what you're saying uh, there, Earl, but uh, what can I tell you, I'm a, I'm a chubby. It's my destiny, it's in my blood. I knew he wasn't gonna bunt those balls away from mine forever. I needed to say something, anything. Cause I'm as free as a bird now. And this bird you can't. I heard people singing for their supper, and I guess you might say I was singing for my meat and potatoes too. Lord knows I can't change.
Little Jerry, pick up the bat. Please pick up the bat. All I could do is hold my breath, cringe, and wait to get wrapped by Karma's baseball. And then, Little Chubby did something I never thought I'd see a man do. He stood between me and Karma. He didn't do it to protect me. He did it to protect himself from himself. And like someone who can't handle their liquor, Little Chubby realized he couldn't handle his testosterone. So he went cold turkey. Thanks, Earl. I can't say I completely understood why Little Chubby did what he did, but well, it made sense to him, and that was good enough for me. Cross the streams. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.